Mighty God, what a name to call on, the name of Jesus. The Bible says that the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. Thank God, amen, for this day, this ninth day of June. And, you know, just thank God for you joining with us this evening. Uh, you're listening to Sunday Morning Live. And this is Inside the Pages, the book of Ezekiel. You know, and on Sundays, we're in the book of Acts. And I pray that you're following along. And, you know, if you've missed out on any part of the word, uh, you can go to our website, connectingtruth.org. And, um, and click on God on Demand, and it will take you to the archive of messages. Our Tuesday uh, Bible study begins at 7 p.m., and Sunday worship uh, begins at 8 a.m., and that's Pacific Standard Time, in case you're uh, uh, Central or uh, East or, you know, wherever you are on this globe, uh, we're at Pacific Standard Time, and, and so... Uh, our services all exceed with prayer, but we're here praying. I want you to know that I'm praying for you, uh, our listeners, uh, our radio audience, and praying for those that are, uh, whether you're dealing with something where you just cannot be out, and praying for those that are on their way and those that are here. Uh, it's good to pray. The Bible tells us that men should always pray, and so all of us should have some time set aside praying, not just when we come to service, but when we're at home, we should spend time in prayer, you know, set aside some time for prayer, set aside some time for fasting. You know, we believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we are faithful, bold church. We believe the best way of, to face opposition, no matter what you might be dealing with, is by obedience to the word of God in Jesus' name. Whatever we do in word or deed, the Bible says that we should do it in Jesus' name. We've been fasting. You know, today is a fast day, and some uh, and we're praying, and certainly, you know, since the beginning of the year. Uh, so it's not something that we just started. We're seeking the Lord, and, and you know, we need to seek the Lord, the Lord wholeheartedly, and. Uh, you know, and consecrate. Some things come by prayer and fasting, so we can't stress that enough. Whatever you might be dealing with, you know, put some prayer, put some fasting to it. Uh, don't wait and try God last. Try him uh, first. Stand up on his word. Make yourself accountable to his word, and God will be accountable to you. You know, I, I want to appreciate those that have been supporting the ministry uh, through this pandemic, and, and it has impacted so many people on uh, different levels and, you know, people in the economy and I need you to understand something. This is far from over. And, and let me say that again. Uh, if you haven't been told, if you haven't had an unction from the Holy Ghost, if you haven't uh, paid attention to what the media is saying, uh, this is far from over. The impact of this is great, but God is greater. And since the Lord spoke these things in Matthews 24, uh, you know, he certainly knew what we were going to be dealing with. We didn't know. And we didn't know how it was going to impact us and what was going to uh, transpire even during uh, this pandemic. But as I said, God is greater and we should keep him as number one. 
Keep him sovereign. Don't change for anybody. Don't allow yourself to be swayed by anyone uh, to think anything different. You know, so many, um, uh, I, I was sharing with, uh, with some of the saints that, you know, during this time, this is going to weed out. There's a weeding out of a lot of things and a lot of people. And so, um, but don't let your heart be troubled by the different things that you see and what you hear. Just know that God is true. I want to appreciate those that have been supporting the ministry. I want to say thank you. You know, as I said, this pandemic has impacted so many people. However, many are faithful because they are committed to God. They don't, they are committed. You know, commitment means that you're going to be faithful, whether it's in a relationship with another individual, you know, and certainly if you're committed to God, if you're faithful to him, you can be faithful to your husband. You can be faithful to your wife. You can be faithful to a friend, you know, and to others, family. And so those that are faithful and committed unto the Lord and continue to support the house of God with tithes and offering, you know, just want to say thank you because it, that's what keep the lights on. That's what keep the rent or mortgage or uh, the different events and things uh, financed. You know, the resources to help others is because uh, tithes and offering has been brought into the storehouse so that we meet in the Lord's house for use. If you don't, if you don't give, then there's nothing uh, to be used. And when others need help, uh, the help is, is thin. And so um, we just, just want to thank God. And, you know, with that being said, I'm going to offer a prayer uh, as well. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, just want to thank you for your goodness want to thank you for your grace. Thank you, Lord God, for uh, the hand of those that have given. Lord Jesus, just want to thank you for those that have been a blessing to the work of the ministry. Lord God, and uh, you know the strenuous times that we're in, Lord Jesus, and you understand them. Lord, and I thank you because you have full understanding and because we are, uh, we are cooperating. We are obeying your word. Lord Jesus, you're cooperating with us, uh, Lord God, and we thank you because your, your word is abiding in us and, and, and we're abiding in you, Lord Jesus. And so you said we can ask what we will, and we know our will will line up with your word. We're not asking for anything foolish, Lord Jesus, but we're asking for what lines up with your will. Let your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Lord God, I want to pray and ask that you would forgive sin. Lord Jesus, if any have committed sin unknowingly, ask your forgiveness. Lord God, and those that have knowingly uh, transgressed your word, offended you, Lord God, and maybe they didn't come to a point of realization of what they had done, Lord God, but we thank you that you're merciful and that you, your goodness leads us all to repentance, Lord God. And so I just pray and ask that you would help those, Lord God, again, those that have given, continue to bless them, Lord, new ideals, new fruit. Lord God, and we'll be careful to give your name the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. We're in the book of Ezekiel. Yes, we're traveling through the book of Ezekiel. And, you know, this is uh, what you call a long, a long haul, you know, and I, I'm sure there's others. But, you know, when you when you're laboring in the word of God, you cannot go quickly. Uh, Jesus taught the people. Teaching is so important. 
you know, to make sure that you have it understanding. I love to teach the word of God. And, and so, you know, I, I'll preach sometime and as the spirit of God move, as the anointing move and, you know, and anoint me to preach the word. But I love to teach the word so that there is clarity, so that there is a good understanding. Uh, everyone needs to understand the word of God. And so uh, the Bible tells us over in Ezekiel, the 23rd uh, chapter, verses 1 through 10, it says, The word of the Lord came again unto me, saying, Son of man, there were two women, the daughters of one mother, and they committed whoredom in Egypt. Uh, they committed whoredom in Egypt. They committed whoredom in their youth. There were... Uh, there were their breasts pressed and they were bruised and tilled of their virginity. And the name of them were Ahola, the elder, and Aholaba, her sister, and they were mine, and they bare sons and daughters. Thus were their names uh, Samaria is Ahola, and Jerusalem is Aholaba. And Aholaba played the harlot where she was mine, and she doted on her lovers on Assyria, her neighbors, which were clothed with blue captains and rulers, all of them desirable young men, horses, riding upon horses. And so thus she committed her whoredom with them with all them that were the chosen men of Assyria and with all whom she doted. With all her idols, she defiled herself. Neither left her, neither she left her whoredom brought from Egypt. For in her youth, they lay with her and they bruised the breast of her virginity and poured out whoredom upon her. Wherefore, I have delivered her into the hands of her lovers, into the hand of the Assyrians, whereupon whom she doted. These discovered her nakedness. They uh, took her sons and daughters and they slew with the sword and she became famous among women for they had uh, executed uh, judgment upon her. Ezekiel is dealing with uh, the people, God's people, the children of Israel and how they handle themselves after a great deliverance. Now, mind you, these are not the ones that came out of Egypt, but these are the children that came out. These are the people of God that were in the wilderness and God delivered them. They saw signs and wonders, you know, and, and I just want to tell you, don't forget the signs and wonders. Don't forget the deliverance. Don't deliver. Don't forget the power of God that has been demonstrated in your life. You don't want to forget what God has done because you're going to uh, start repeating uh, some things that are against him, that are offensive to him, as Ahola did. Now, Ahola means tent, and her sister, Aholaba, uh, means, or the name means, my tent is in her. God, as he has done with us, is extending a lot of patience, even though the children of Israel had invoked his judgment upon them. Uh, there were uh, there are two ways to break the law, just so that you know. There's two ways of breaking the law. 
And that's by doing something that is forbidden or by omission when you omit uh, doing what you should be doing. Uh, even the natural law deals with the rationality of a reasonable man. So in other words, when you consider, you know, because someone would say that uh, I was ignorant, I didn't know that that's what the law meant or that's what it said, but there is the reason, the common sense that an individual has. So excessive driving, you know, excessive drinking and driving is not reasonable because of impaired vision. And so you're, you're going to do damage to yourself or to someone else or shooting a gun up in the air. You know, you're in the city and you're in the city of uh, whatever city that you live in. And we're in Pomona. So in the city of Pomona, so you you're shooting guns up in the air is not reasonable because what goes up must comes down. Gravity is going to pull it down and it's going to come down at the same velocity that it went up. And so Ahola, uh, again, her name meaning tent, uh, was a fixed or a movable habitation for worship. When we consider a tent, when we consider uh, uh, the tent itself, it was a movable habitation that God used for worship as they journey in the wilderness. The tabernacle was constructed according to God's plan as services are today or as services should be. They are constructed according to God's plan, not according to your plan, uh, but God's plan. Now, uh, if we don't, when we don't like what God's plan is, we have to take it up with the Lord. I don't think he's going to change his plan, uh, but uh, God is in control of it all. And so it was the, the tent was the center, the meeting place for God and his people, a place of various healings, redemption and direction for being blessed. And let me say that again. Uh, the church, the church, even today, should be a place of healing. It should be a place of redemption and direction for being blessed. When we follow the instructions, the direction, and what God is calling us to do, we will see a difference. It will change us, and it will guide us, and, and you know, it will cause us to walk into the area in which God has called us to be, and that is the head and not the tail. And, and so, uh, the tent. The tent, it was referred to as the tabernacle of witness. Now, that's something that we should underline as you are using your devices, as you may be using your Bible, wherever you are. Uh, when you hear this message, uh, those that are listening right now, um, you know, the tabernacle is a tabernacle of witness. And I find that very interesting because it's something that uh, maybe you knew that, knew this, but I, I certainly didn't pay attention to it until until now. And that is the tabernacle of witness is a place or the place or the calling of it is so that you, the believer, would witness the signs and wonders among God people as well as to be able to testify uh, about the signs and wonders that are constantly being shown by the hand of God. Now, last Sunday, as we uh, or the last message talked about putting God in a box and we have to take God out of the box. We didn't put him in match boxes. We have put him in shoe boxes. We have placed God in banker boxes. We have placed him in boxes uh, with limitation so that we don't see the signs and wonders that are consistent with God. We don't see the signs and wonders that are sovereign uh, by him because uh, the Bible said that Jesus went into an area and the people uh, did not believe. And so he did not do many works. 
you're going to have to challenge your faith and your belief. And, and when you feel yourself wondering and not believing, you're going to have to shake yourself and say, believe God's word. Have faith. Don't You don't have to pray upon it, but have faith. Tell yourself, I'm going to have faith in God. Now, there's no reason we put faith in other people. We put faith in people that we shouldn't trust and and. And, and we put faith in things and, and other, but God is sovereign. Let's keep God sovereign in our lives. The tabernacle illustrated various relationships between God and his people. The inner part of the tabernacle was the ark. It was covered with pure gold, the mercy seat, and supported by the golden overshadowing uh, cherubims, uh, which uh, God himself set uh, enthroned uh, his presence was there between the two seraphims. And so uh, then there was the holy of all, uh, the holy of holies, or, or you can say the heavens of heavens because of the presence of God. Now, there was also a place where the, temp where the temple was divided with a curtain. And recall that when Jesus was crucified, the temple, the curtain in the temple was torn. Uh, making it possible for whosoever will to let them come. Whoever would want salvation can go within and to seek the Lord. And so that veil that was hanging there uh, during in the tent in the wilderness. And let's go back to uh, to the fact that uh, when we talk about this this young lady, when we talk about Ahola, uh, her name meaning tent, all of this as God people dwells within you all of this is within god's people uh even today yes today there's a new covenant there's a uh dwelling place within us and this is what god is driving this is what we want to drive home is that you are the temple and this is why paul says that know ye not your bodies is the temple of the holy ghost you're the temple of god you have been baptized you put him on and uh, and he put you on uh, through the indwelling of the holy ghost you are the temple of the most high god and, and so we have to be careful and not be like uh, a hola and to just give the goods away remember the temple has uh treasures inside of it uh, we have treasures in these earthen vessels and so there's a treasure inside of us that when we uh don't yield ourselves unto God. Remember, the Bible said, whomever we yield ourselves to, that is whom that is our master. We become servant to that person or that thing. And so there's treasure. So they obtain the treasure that God has invested. And so uh, in his holy place where the priests, the daily worship and serve, uh, which represented the heavenly place. And I'm kind of going a little fast night because we have we actually. Uh, going to have communion here this evening. And so I'm just really skimming the surface of what is in my heart, you know, of how uh, God has established himself with us. We are the tent. Uh, she was the tent, you know, but you, you heard earlier um, the things that she had did with the tent of God. And so many of us, so many of us have been taught uh, when we consider the fact that uh, the tent itself, the, the court, it had an outer court, which a brazen altar and a brazen uh, lever filled with water. Uh, this was for judgment. And so many of us have been taught and enforced the word, enforced within us that the word judgment is something bad. But when you graduate high school, excuse me, <clears throat> when you graduate high school or college, uh, you're being judged credible, uh, academically sound. 
through a series of tests, you are being judged. And so God sees you as uh, when God sees you and has placed you in a position where maybe a salary increase or uh, you've been judged credible for a position or uh, the contract that you saw and that you uh, that you obtained, you know, someone took a risk on you to, to hire you and give you that contract. Uh, you know, it was an opportunity. They judged you based upon what they saw and what was and what was provided to them. And so judgment is not a bad thing. It's only bad when when you have done things that, you know, is not correct or something that you should not have done. And so then there's a fearful and you should be fearful. You know, when they tell you to come to court and stand before the judge, uh, that's a terrible place to be. You don't want to stand before the judge, you know, unless it's because you're receiving a reward, but you know, within your heart, you know yourself. God sees you as a good opportunity. As God saw the children of Israel, God sees you as a good opportunity to extend, to expand his his work as well as to deliver souls from the hand of the enemy. When we look with God's eyes, the vision is clear. The kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant seeking godly pearls, goodly pearls, who when he had found one, one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. God sold all that he had and bought it. And, you know, the Bible tells us that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him. God has invested in you and would like to use some of the dividends. Now, he could not use the dividends of, of a whole lot because she had sold them and given her goods away to others. She gave them away to the Amorites. She gave them away to the surrounding people. Uh, to anyone that would come. And it's not that they were buying the goods from her. She was just giving them away. And, you know, and so uh, Ahola, the elder, uh, like the prodigal son, took what the father had given and went into a far country, went into a land, a strange land, and, you know, had that mindset of, I'm grown. God takes us and fix us up. And then we turn around and we take the very thing God has purified us, uh, set the clock back, uh, took us back to a state of uh, that second, you know, we're we looking for uh, for a new beginning. We're looking for a second chance. We're looking for a third chance. We're looking for a fourth chance. And God has given us those chances. And we turn around and we take what God has given and invested in us and we run to a strange land. And so, you know, with the, the mindset of I'm grown, you know, because I didn't grew some hair on my face or I had a couple of kids or, you know, I'm grown, you know, because somebody smiled at me, you know, I'm grown and, you know, because, you know, just feeling myself when, you know, I done stacked the little cheese up now and, you know, a few new friends that agree with me, you got to watch out because your friends agree with you don't mean that they're of God. And certainly, it, let me say it this way, because somebody grew up in church with you don't mean that they right. Unless they serve in God wholeheartedly, you know, they will tell you when you're wrong, too. But uh, if and that right is right and wrong is wrong, uh, a friend, a few friends that agree with me. And so I, I'm going to go this route. You know, the prodigal son had a few friends that agreed with him. And a whole lot had uh, some people that was agreeing with her as long as they was able to get what they wanted from both of them. 
And so he left, the prodigal son left with a stack of cheese, but we found out what happened with him later. And none of those that agreed with him was around. A whole lot, uh, name meaning Samaria, uh, took the riches that had been invested in her, set her, her tent for display. And after a while, it became more than an open house. News about her began to spread and the game uh, became old. Therefore, I delivered her into the hand of her lovers, the Assyrians, for whom she lusted. They stripped her naked. They took away her sons and daughters and killed her with a sword. And she became a byword among women and punishment was inflicted upon her. You have to take in consideration that God has invested in you. And what God has invested, he's looking for a return. God has invested his mercy. God has invested a relationship between his sovereignness and his people. And so with that being said, you know, want to, we're going to change gears here, but want you to be mindful of what Ezekiel is dealing with. Ezekiel is dealing with a powerful message in preparation and preparing the hearts of the people. He's preparing the hearts of the people and all of those that would hear. The Bible said, whosoever have an ear, let them hear what the spirit is saying to the church. It's important that you hear what the spirit is saying to the church. You, you might get a good message or sound good. You know, the Bible said the day was going to come where people would run towards the message that sounded good, tingled your ears, you know, uh, and told you and. You, you know, rather than a message that brought about sobriety and connected you with God. Uh, you know, one thing you want to be connected with God so that when you lay hands on somebody and pray for them, they'll recover. You want to be connected to the Lord so that when you do prophesy and speak a word that it will come to pass. You want to be connected with God so that as you pass by someone, your shadow uh, can do the work just like Peter did because he was filled uh, with the spirit of God. He was in God's will. The wisdom that Deacon Stephen uh, uh, demonstrated, not because he was trying to be so smart or cutting and, you know, because he was so highly educated, but that the spirit of God uh, led him and gave him what to say. And we need the spirit of God to lead us and give us what to say in these turbulent times. Uh, I think if I, if I asked everybody in here, need God to navigate them. Uh, through the through these troubled waters that we're in. And, and so with that being said, uh, we're going to shift into another area of our service, and, and uh, uh, which is the communion part. We're going to be partaking of the Lord's Supper on this day. And so um, I don't know if in your church or wherever you're attending worship or, or not, if they believe that we yet believe in communion and you know and it is sacred unto the lord you know the bible's tell the communion the, the, the feast of pentecost uh, was the harvest thanksgiving which was seven weeks before the passover and which is about june 6th of our calendar our modern calendar and uh, using the book of leviticus but listen when the lord brought the children of israel out they went on a three-day journey he brought them out then they were in the wilderness for 40 days uh, so that's 43 days and uh, as they traveled and then there was another seven days and it brought them to the 50th day which is pentecost uh, that's what pentecost is, is the 50th day 
And so the Bible tells us this. I'm going to read a few scriptures here. Um, and so um, in, in preparation for communion. And so the Bible uh, tells us that the Lord's Supper is or the Lord's Supper is referring to uh, the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And that's found in Matthew's the 26th chapter, 17 through 18th verse. It says, now the day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Jesus saying unto him, where wilt thou that we prepare for thee to eat the Passover? And he said, go into the city to such a man and say unto him, the master saith, my time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at thy house with my disciples. Um, Luke, Luke, the 22nd chapter, verse 15 uh, through 20, it says, and he said unto them with desire, have I desire to eat this Passover with you uh, before I suffer. For I say unto you, I will not eat any more, eat any more thereof until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took the cup and gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say unto you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God shall come. And he took bread and gave thanks and break it and gave unto them saying, this is my body, which is given for you to do in remembrance of me. So we all know and agree that the body uh, the communion is done in remembrance of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, Mark, the 14th chapter, uh, 22 through 24 says, and as, as they did eat, Jesus took bread and blessed and break it and gave to them and said, take, eat, this is my body. And they took the cup when, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and they all drank of it. And he said unto them, this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many. So communion is, we're commemorating the fact that his body was broken for us. It was bruised and for our transgression. And, and the blood that was shed was for our sins. And not only ours, but the sins of many. John 13, 2 through 5 and supper being ended, the devil put now, have now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hand, that uh, he was come from God and went to God, uh, he, he rises from supper and laid aside his garment and took a towel and girded himself and after that he poured the water into the basin and began to wash the disciples feet and to wipe them with a towel wherein he was girded you know jesus always demonstrated humility uh the bible said finding himself in the position of a son he he humbled himself and so uh, we know that Humility plays a part, and especially among leaders, this can't be stressed enough. When we consider leaders, leaders are to serve the people and not to be served. You know, it's a blessing if someone wants to want to bless you, but uh, Jesus came and he served us. 
and we need to follow that example as well. And that is to be servants unto his people and make ourselves available uh, for their spiritual nourishment and uh, their well-being because they are the people of God. Now, uh, there are strong scriptorial indications that the supper, the communion, the, the Lord's Supper should be taken uh, exclusively by the saints, you know, meaning baptized believers in Jesus' name, and it is very sacred. And so I'm going to read a passage of scripture from Corinthians uh, as we prepare our hearts uh, for communion. And it is a sacred moment uh, that we take very seriously as we do all parts of God's service. And thank God for you that are here and those of you that are listening. And, and so the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 11, 18 through 30, and I'm going to read these verses. I'm I'm not going to elaborate on them, but I, I believe that we all un will understand clearly what the word of God is saying regarding the communion. He said, first, for, first of all, when we come together in the church, uh, Paul is setting things in order. And, and so it's important that uh, things are always set in order in the house of God because he is not the author of confusion. First of all, when we come together in the church, I hear that there are division among you, and I partly believe it. For there must be also heresies among you uh, that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. When you come together, therefore, into one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For eating, everyone taketh before their own supper, and one is hungry, and another is drunken. What have ye... Uh, what, have ye not houses to eat and drink in, or, or despise ye the church of God, and shame them that have not? What shall I say unto you? Shall I praise you for this? I praise you not. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord, uh, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he brake it, and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Thank you, Jesus. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and shall drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let every man examine himself. At this time, we should, I uh, believe that we've already started examining ourselves, but if you haven't, you should examine yourself. And after you have searched your heart, ask God to search your heart because he's going to search it with his light, which is very bright. But let a man examine himself. None of us is above examination. Every man. And let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily shall eat and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. What we're going to be partaking in must be looked upon as the Lord's body 
not as bread, not as wine, not as bread, not as anything else, but it should be looked upon as the Lord's body. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you and many sleep. Amen. We're going to, the table has already been set and we're going to, while uh, we're listening to some of Isabel Davis, you know, the wide as the sky, we're going to partake in communion. So you'll actually hear us as we are partaking in communion unto the Lord. And so uh, thank you for your presence and would yet in service.
that's what we're going to be doing, and that's lifting the Lord high. Amen. We're going to go before the Lord in a word of prayer. You know, if you don't have any blessed oil in your home, you got to get a bottle of oil, take it to the minister so they can pray for it, which transformed it, represents the anointing of God. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, and just want to bless your name, Savior, for what you have done, what you're going to do in our lives. Lord, and I thank you right now for the demonstration of power in this place among your people, Lord God. I thank you for the fulfillment of your word, Lord, and I thank you, Lord Jesus, for just for being sovereign in our lives. Lord, I pray and ask, Lord God, as we leave this place, as we turn down our radios and go on about to do whatever else needs to be done throughout this, this Tuesday, Lord God, go before us. Lord, protect us. Keep our minds, O oh Lord God, stayed upon you. Govern our hearts, O oh Lord God. Lord Jesus, protect us. Keep us covered with your blood, Lord God. In the mighty name of Jesus, we're going to give your name the praise. We're going to give hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Mighty God. Bless you, Jesus. Lord, we're going to give you praise. We're going to give you glory in Jesus' mighty name. Remember those, Lord God, that are involved in protests. Remember those, oh Lord God, that are out, Lord Jesus, dealing with the injustice and the different things that are occurring in our land. Lord God, we pray and ask for your covering, Lord God, even in those situations, Lord. Those that are out, and those that hearts, Lord God, our hearts are out, Lord Jesus, and we just pray for your protection even the more, Lord God, in Jesus' mighty name. We'll be careful to lift you up, continue, Lord, Lord, and to bless you. Lord, when we lay down at night, we rise up in the morning. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. See you Sunday, 8 o'clock. Amen. Bless you, Jesus. Bless you, Lord God. Amen. We're signing off, but just want our listeners to know again that, yes, you can go to ConnectingTruth.org and click God on Demand. It'll take you to the archive of our messages. God bless you. Love you. Amen. Keep the faith.